It's time for building the game. Building the game. With Jason and friends. Tabletop game design. The the end of the episode that's when it technically ends hello and welcome to building the game a documentary podcast today is monday march 20th and you're listening to episode 564 as always i am your host jason here today joined by the person who's been on the podcast the third most times out of uh out of a hundred and some people and that is julio nasario hey hey jason how's it going Good. Do you do you know how many times you've been on the podcast? Did you, well, did you... before you say that, I was actually wondering about that because I was listening to Roscoe's episode today. Actually, and uh-huh. I, was, I wonder if I'm if I'm like you know up there. I I would I would think, but yeah, how many? Um, I was gonna pull it up right now. I thought I still had it up, but it closed on me. <laughs> uh, let's look at here. It is it is Rob. I mean, it is me, obviously. Then Rob, and then you, and uh. And now I can't find the file. <laughs> well, thank you. It's Very out here, but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know, I'll, I'll talk with the builders if you want to look for it. But I, I kind of was wondering about that because that's obviously a, a, you know, to get that kind of information. I mean, I don't know how long it took you, but um, um, it took me a couple days. Um, I had a bunch <laughs> of other stuff I should have been doing, um, so I did that instead. Um, <laughs> so I, I will, I will, I will pass out. I'm going to, I'll give, I, last time I said you had to go to the website to look, but I'll give, I'll give the top 10. How about give the top okay. 10 on here? Um, some of those top 10 are definitely listening to this. So, uh, obviously number one coming in at 560 episodes, me, oh. uh, number two coming in at 371 episodes, Rob number three with 34 episodes, 35 as of this one. Oh. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and update that right now. 35, uh, is Julio. <laughs> Uh, so that means I'm actually 561. So there's some good information to have. I've not been on three episodes so far. Um, after that is Nicole with 26, Jason Katarski with 24, Nate Darty with 14, uh, Jamie Sabriel Flez, one of our other co-hosts with 13, Kelly Hoagland with 12, Neil Roberts with 11, and finally Chris Michaud with 10. So all oh, actually tied with Raven McKenzie at 10. So. Yeah, yeah. There was uh um there are some people still climbing up. Roscoe, you know, he's making his way up. He'll he'll crack the top ten, I'm pretty sure. So that's my guess. <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, obviously as a documentary podcast, it's it's really cool to that you could go back and and even you know, if you wanna really make it awesome, you have to put what is the first appearance episode. Oh yeah. No, I'm not going back and doing that, man. I did it once. I'm not <laughs> I uh but it's it's uh it was interesting. at least for the top 10 you know right 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 it was interesting to like uh to go back and count 129 unique guests we've had on the show i mean right. they've all been unique right but uh 129 different guests that we've had on the show uh and that's just counting the regular episodes there were quite a few other people who showed up in the um the bonus episodes but i was like i'm not gonna even do that uh that is a lot to count <laughs> And, you know, we didn't have good notes for those. It's like, hey, we're all sitting in a room together. It's like, and it'd be like six different people. And I was like, Mm-mm, nope, nope, nope. I don't remember actually... which one was mine, though. Um, it was Unpub 8, I believe. That's That was my first Unpub. Yeah, um, yeah. Pretty sure uh, it was that one. And it was kind of like one of those that I think there were like six people. Joshua was, uh, Joshua J. Mills was there. And, mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, it, you weren't there, actually. Well, no, no, no. Rob wasn't there. 
One of us wasn't either. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was an I unpub that I was place. not there. That was one of the episodes yeah. I missed. Yeah. Um, we even have people like Larry, who was on one episode, which is Rob's friend, Larry. And I can't remember Larry's last name. So I just put Larry because Rob said, I'm here with my friend, Larry. <laughs> so, yeah. And then Larry stopped being his friend. Right. There are a lot of people with one episode. True story. So, yeah. Oh. I mean, but uh, it was it was a fun thing to count. No, yeah, I mean having one up. There's nothing wrong with that. It's no, I'm I just. I, I, I was gonna go downhill from there. You know, it's fine. Oh. You know, some people are good, some good people are not. <laughs> there are people who've only been on once that I would love to have back. Um, but yeah, so. So yeah, the um, it's. Uh, I was when I was listening to today's uh, to last week's episode. I noticed that you didn't talk about what was going on with you, which is a rare occurrence. I don't know if you noticed that. Oh, I didn't. No, yes. I didn't notice that. How could I? I? The listeners probably will revolt. They're always like, what's <laughs> happening with Jason? We have to know. No. Uh, I probably didn't have anything. Good. Oh, you know, it's because I was waiting on some information and then um, I got some information. And so I can um, say now uh, that what I was waiting for was to sign a board game. Uh, and I signed one. So, uh, yeah, uh, I signed a game that I'm really excited about that I can't say anything about yet uh, other than I signed it. And um uh yeah it uh i think it's gonna be a big deal so i'm really really oh. stoked about it um and uh yeah we'll talk a little bit more about that uh as we go without naming names or saying things um but well yeah, as a documentary yeah. podcast jason i have to you know burst your bubble you're in the honeymoon phase <laughs> why is that <laughs> well you know those first uh those first two weeks Oh, where right. you just got signed the game and this is going to be the best game ever. It's going to right. crack the top 10. It's going to sell a million copies. And, you know, right, right, but, right, you know, right. but, you know, you can believe. Right. Believe. What, what I can say is that this is a licensed game. Uh, Good. That's that, awesome. has, uh, that has, uh, I think, a pretty solid following. So that that should help quite a bit. Um, you know, and um, in it's being crafted to be a game that is easy to play, easy to buy, you know, um, and not super expensive. And so I'm, I have high hopes for it. Um, as does oh, yeah. I, I, I'm just obviously kidding, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm no, really but you're not for your right. success. Yes. Uh, and you know, as a documentary podcast, episode 364, it was mentioned. So we got to follow up on that. Oh, you mean 564, 564. Sorry. I was like 364. How do you remember that? <laughs> no, no, no. I don't I remember think... the link I recorded like two weeks ago. Um, no, no, but no. So, uh, other than that, I've just been keeping busy, uh, trying to work on some different things. I am still trying to finish up the Roland rights that I've been working on with Kelly. Our schedules have been kind of busy. And, uh, so we've been doing that. I did, did launch an Etsy shop. My daughter did. Oh, so really? that's exciting. Uh, buttons. yes. Uh, buttons. And, uh, so Basically, what we did was she wanted to make buttons. So I went out and bought like a big expensive button machine because if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it right. <laughs> so I bought a very nice button machine uh, that was way more expensive than it probably needed to be. But all the ones I could find on Amazon were just really bad rated of like they break and they were like 100 bucks. And this was more than that. But I was like, if I it was like 150 bucks for everything I would need. And I'm like, Gross. if this breaks, I'm going to have to buy another one. And now I'm up to $300, right? So let's just spend 500 and call it <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I did. Um, so yeah, so her and I are selling the stuff on there and I'm taking enough money to help pay back like the cost of the shipping and stuff and the cost of the button maker eventually someday, hopefully. 
Uh, but what we started to do was she had ideas for buttons. And so she comes up with the idea. She goes to the noun project, which I'm a member of. I'm a paid member of that. So she goes there. She searches for icons that she thinks are cool. Um, she does that on her own. And then she saves them all. Uh, and then I come back and I'll sit down with her and I'll say, okay. And I will go through and we'll pick one. And she'll be like, I want to do that one. Great. What do you want it to say? So everyone will get like a picture, some sort of saying most of the time. And then, uh, and then I pull it up in Photoshop and then she tells me how she wants to color it. Um, and then I've slowly been teaching her too how to just do it herself in Photoshop with my guidance, mm-hmm. uh, which will take, I mean, she's, she's almost nine. Um, but it's, so she's catching on pretty quick, but it, I mean, Photoshop is not the easiest like thing to just learn. Um, but she's catching on and I'm like, I'd like to get her yeah, a point where she can just, time, yeah. yeah, just do it on her own. Right. And, but we've got a good process going. She's got like 12 buttons up there. Uh, the name of the shop is Ruff Ruff Riff Raff. R U F F R U F F R I F F R A F F. Um, and uh, the buttons are funny and uh, hilarious and uh, and really they just kind of the sayings and stuff come straight out of her mind and like I never know what that's going to consist that's of. That's cool. Uh, and and she's already say, sold some, so yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome because you know obviously I started one in October and and the first say the first 10 sales are the hardest yeah because yeah. you obviously don't have no no ratings or anything and people right, right. basically kind of taking a, 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 a you know a leap of faith if they're gonna get it or not but well, we shared it to get some people to say hey yeah, if you're interested course. you know and that's how it should be you know family and friends like like board games right you know mm-hmm. once you yeah. have a board game published you know you tell your friends and they'll buy it at the very least but you have more than that. You have a podcast audience. So builders out there, support Jason's daughter's Etsy store, Rough Rough Riff Raff. And that's a good name because you said it once and I remembered. So Yeah, yep. yep. Uh, so that's really good. It was, um, it was funny. Her first idea for the name was Rough Rough Creations. And I mm-hmm. kid you not, that already exists. I was like, <laughs> she was so mad. Uh, and then my wife helped her come up with rough, rough, riff, rap. And then she was in love with that name. And I was like, that's a better name anyway. So like, yeah, it's, it is. so, and she wants to make more than just buttons, but that's kind of what we're starting with. Um, we had talked about doing, How old is like, she? she's nine, she'll be nine in two months. So, yeah, but she's like you know, nine going on 19. This like, is the new lemonade stand at this point. Right. Right. right yeah. These days. That's crazy. That's awesome. And again, this is going to teach her a lot of life lessons, not just, you know, being creative, but also how to run, a, you know, a business. You're helping mm-hmm. her through that. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah, that she, no. And uh, you're helping her do it as well. You both are. So yeah. Yeah. And then she's told my son, she's like, if you come up with buttons, you can put them in there. So there's a few otter buttons that I'm putting. And I'll give you a royalty. That he came up. Well, she told him he can have money from whatever he sells. He can have oh, her cool. side of that. Uh, because she just wants to, you know, sell more and become popular. And so, and, <laughs> oh yeah. She, you know what I mean? She wants at the store to be a place that people go buy no, stuff from. No, so, you got to tell me. She's sporting her own merchandise and her like backpack and clothes when she goes to school? Not yet, but she will. We, um, we, because we've, you know, right now, we only made man. the buttons that we're selling. So, so yeah. yeah. No, we will. We will. That's the plan. And, and the other thing, you know, the Etsy is essentially, you know, it's it's statistics in a sense. You know, the, the mm-hmm. more listings you have the more views you get and mm-hmm. especially if it's a two percent conversion rate you get 100 visits you should get two sales yep yep you know, that's that's just math right there yep. um so the more once you get those listings up there you'll start getting more and more sales so mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm excited for her to do it. And like I said, we've talked about some other things uh, to put up there. And uh, I said, you know, we should see which buttons sell the best. And then you can look at those and why they're selling the best and figure that out and then try to make more that will sell, you know, well. Um, the nice thing is we literally only have to make one button because, you know, on Etsy, you're like 10 available. But really, yeah. that doesn't I mean, like we could make an infinite number of whatever buttons someone wants pretty quickly. Yeah. Essentially, so, once you have uh, what is it called as a layout or a display that and then you can just digitally digit digitally at the design, like, you know, with a shirt, uh, oh, people, okay. that's, that's how yeah. they do it. And that's how you get a lot of a lot of listings out because you don't have to take pictures every single time. Right, right. Yeah. So we're I set up a system to take pictures with the buttons that's pretty easy. So like I'm actually making one version of each button, especially because I want to know that they're gonna fit correctly, they're gonna look mm-hmm. right. Um, you know, and then like you said, it's advertisement. She can wear the buttons and uh yeah, yeah. Show and again, and try and sell them at school. She told she told her family members, she's like, Listen, if you want to buy buttons, you can buy them and I'll give you a discount because we don't have to ship them to you yeah it's like good business good businesswoman there well but here's here's the thing and uh, you know we'll stop talking about etsy and buttons but if you sell something through etsy and you don't add a uh, uh, um, tracking number to it it doesn't count towards being a star seller uh, yes yeah, so i did, I did learn that seller. yes yeah. um but we can also just sell them to people not through etsy too exactly so, exactly yeah. yeah but awesome so anyways, so, um, what's, uh, what, what's up with you? Yes, yes. So on my side, um, I may have mentioned last time that I had uh, accepted a temporary promotion uh, for mm-hmm. a facilities program manager position and engineer mm-hmm. uh, in Tennessee, which is the forest, uh, the national forest where I started. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's cool kind of coming back and, you know, seeing how the place has changed in the last five years and, right, of right, course, I the bet. people and the people that are there, the people that are not there and and the new people. Um, so uh, I've been here for about four days just because I need to, you know, at least come in and travel uh, one week a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but you know, I was in Tennessee when I first started designing board games. Right, so right. So I got in contact with my, the local uh, board game store that I used to go a lot to play Dice Masters and stuff. And, and uh, we couldn't figure something out. But next time I come in, we'll, we will. Uh, and, you know, it, it was a good uh, kind of reminiscing kind of thing. Yeah, but yeah. as you all also know, you know, I I haven't been doing as much design as I used to. Uh, but, you know, with being just me uh, traveling in a hotel room, right. this time I, I have. I have. And, and one of the things, I haven't talked about this this project in a while, but, you know, uh, Borik, uh, Boriken, my uh, game based on the, uh, native uh, Taino from Puerto Rico in the mm-hmm. in the 1400s and 1500s. Uh, that's currently uh, on G- the GMT 500. Um, it you know it has gone up. It's around 70 percent now out of the 500. Nice. You know, it's been it's been like eight months and stuff. That's kind of how how that is, and that's something right. we we'll probably it'd be a good to talk more about in the future as it gets closer to the 500 mm-hmm. 500 mark, which is I know that it's going to happen. Um, oh, I mean, at this point, if it's at 70%, it seems like it will get there, right? Yeah. Some, you know, take two years to get there. And, you know, this wow. one's, uh, I guess, nine months or something. And so it's, it, it shouldn't be too long. Uh, but I've also kind of been having some movement on that. I met with the developer uh, from GMT side on the game. And and it's interesting because 
while the game is still in the P500 uh, position, they're not mm-hmm. really doing much from their side. Right. right. All, any development falls on me. And, you know, people have, there's, there's a, in the historical games community, there's a, a big solo game, solo uh, community as well. Mm-hmm. And my game does kind of, uh, essentially is three version, three versions of the game that fit on the same base game. Uh, essentially, it's a competitive game. Um, it's a cooperative game and, a, and then a cooperative survival game based on the era that you're playing the game. Right. So the yeah. era of discovering the island, yeah. the era of the Spanish arrival, and then the era of the, you know, essentially the, the end of the culture and kind of them right. uh, escaping to, to preserve that culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they wanted me, the, the one that I didn't have a solo mode for was the, was the competitive one. Um, so they wanted me to make the game completely, you know, solo as well. Um, uh, and, and I, you know, came up with a solo mode for that, that I've kind of been, you know, tinkering in my mind for a while, writing notes down, but I kind of got, you know, got down, made the cards on TTS. And of course, as a solo thing, obviously it's something I can play test myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I put it on TTS and I had just essentially like a couple minutes before we, we logged on to record. I had just finished the play test nice. just to test out that everything was running well. And again, the, the game has been play tested a lot. So it's one of those things that I knew was going to work to some point. It's just kind of tinkering little things here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it did, man, it was one of those things That's that essentially had to, uh, I made objectives based uh-huh. on uh, t- the Taino, uh, um, the Taino Indian words that they had. Uh, and and essentially the actions that you take in the game to discover the island, uh, and and I have I made like nine objectives, and so you basically out of those nine you pick four, and you try to complete them before the track runs down. The thing with the track is, the it's, it's against the 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 enemy um, native that they had at the time called the Caribe, mm-hmm. uh, and the closer you get to ending the game, the harder it gets. So sense. it yeah. has this uh, this truncated effect, and I essentially was able to beat the game. You know, two turns left, and only one area that hadn't been conquered by by the enemy. So it felt really tight and and really exciting. So of course, you know, obviously it still needs to be tested some other with the other objectives and stuff. But but still, but at this that's point, great. Yeah, yeah, I need to essentially uh, write down the rules on on this, and I haven't touch these rules the since 2021. Part. Write down the rules. <laughs> and this is this is the longest rule book that I've ever written. So yeah. which is, you know, it's 10 pages, so it's still not too much, but but I know I, I that's need still, to, that's a bit, yeah. Yeah, I need to change a lot because it hasn't changed in a while. Uh and I made a lot of changes and and then add all these rules and I still got some other cards that I need to make. And this is all I, pro- you know, I kind of said myself and I said, you know, I'm going to send this to y'all before the end of March. So I made some good progress. We're at the mid-March point at this point. A uh, little, well, I guess at the time you're listening to this a little bit more, but um, I'm, I'm excited to, you know, it's obviously something that they're, they're going to, they have somebody that's interested in playtesting it and they do like marketing for this kind of stuff for historical oh, cool. games. So... So it's gonna, you know, obviously push the P five hundred more, and and I already made some other interviews as well. So it's just kind of a little a matter of time. But you know, I know we have a topic to talk about. But one last thing, um, the That's last totally fine. yeah, 
Yeah, but last Topic time might we stink. You don't know. No. Oh no, it never stinks. Okay, so the last thing is I had talked about. I was in the process of signing a game. Yes. Um, yes. And and I shared this some time ago. Uh, since I, you know, it happened like the week after we recorded. Of course, um, yes. I I signed not one, not two, but three games with Bunshai Games. Yep. It was um, it was funny, by the way, when you said the the Olympics games, and they're just these little games. I almost said to you afterwards, "It's Button Shy, isn't it?" And I didn't. <laughs> and then you posted Button Shy. I was like, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because uh, these games started as eighteen card games, right? And I and I didn't pitch it to him uh, from the start. You know, not until I had tried out different other other publishers mm-hmm. that you know because i was pitching it as a as a 108 card game with eight different sports and stuff right. and i guess six different sports um i had eight i guess uh and then i was like well you know it, i originally made it as an 18 card game and then it evolved into eight 18 card games so i pitched it to him and oh man i again this is our documentary podcast so my act i may actually have to go on on when we had the conversation because uh honestly i had never pitched uh to jason before jason yeah yeah tagmire um, and and i've met him you know i know he he sometimes listens to the show and stuff like that um but you know i i, I kind of reached out to him you know i had that connection with him and and just kind of said you know hey jason uh, you know this is out of nowhere and i know you never pitched to you before and but you at least know me and i you know at least you know i have some kind of uh uh, uh what was the word um <laughs> um i guess i have it here uh let's see at the very least you know me and and some of the designs that i have done right um, right so i just you know showed him and i talked about that and, and this is what he said this is the first thing that i said after talking about the games yeah that's really interesting I was looking for someone to make a set of 18-card sports games. I even tried designing it myself, but stalled. <laughs> and and then nice. asked if, if you have something to look at. And of course, I oh yes, I have eight games. Here's the here's the PMP. Here's the rules for all of them. So uh, it's something that he's been wanting for a while, but I guess it hasn't really you know amounted to anything. So it wasn't really that you know like it happened really quickly. He obviously tested them all. And there was some feedback, and and uh, and he had you add an extra game, right? I'm sorry. Did you have you added an extra game, didn't you? Yes, yes. So, so that's that's a good point. That's a good point. So it was nine, so it's three, three, and three, right? Well, no. The the so the thing I only signed three games, right? So the point is, you know, they that it would be great to be able to publish them all, but you know, sports games are a niche within a niche, right? Yeah. Um. And, you know, and of course, 18 card games are also a niche. So it's, it's the audience could be very small, but if we cater it right, you know, it could be, you know, it could amount to a lot of people. And, and, and also one of the things I pitched this game for was, you know, to align with the with the 2024 Olympics. Right. So. So, of course, all of them were different sports that by themselves couldn't really bring in an audience. So we kind of talked about what could I design to what sport? that a lot of people could relate to. And I, you know, after thinking of it for a while, I said, well, you know, the original Olympics was the track and field, you know, games, all yep. the different track and field games. 
And and essentially that's kind of what I designed. And you know, obviously this is one of those things where you hadn't designed a game for that, and then they're asking you, this is gonna be the first game. So right. <laughs> and 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 I designed it and it actually, you know, it it after testing it a little, I, I brought it to uh, Puerto Rico when I went last um, Christmas and tested it and then showed it to him and, and he loved it. Um, so so that's kind of what well, and then he had like a top, you know, all from their from his favorite to the least favorite on all the games that I designed. And that's the cool thing about it is because since there's so many and right. people have different tastes, you can have your top eight games. You right. know, you don't have to love them all, but you at least love one or two or three. So um, I'm really excited. You know, Micro Olympics is not going to be the name, you know, related to the Olympics. They have that copyrighted and they kind of follow it really closely. So it'll have to be called that something else. Surprise me, yes. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but obviously it's going to happen. He, you know, for these micro games, he has a quick turnaround. So he's already kind of started to show me uh, cart layouts and, and some art as well. So it's really, really exciting, really exciting. So keep, keep an eye out for that. The first one will be track and field. That's awesome. That is awesome. I'm super stoked for you, man. I think that's yeah, and and of course, what made this all possible was that you know I had that connection with him before mm -hmm. all this. You know, obviously, he has so many. The, his audience is fairly big, and so many people pitched to him because of the you know the easy nature of designing these eighteen card games, easy quote unquote. Mm -hmm. um, so, and of course, all the the month used to do these monthly contests, and I think now they're quarterly or something. Uh, yeah, because they get so many responses yeah. to them now. Yeah, but I was able to just reach out to him directly and say, yep. "Hey, this is what I got." So that actually, you know, connects. You know, it's a good segue to to our topic, uh, mm -hmm. which you kind of mentioned. Um, is you, you mentioned before we were talking, and it, and that's the connections in, in the in the industry. Yes. Um, and yes. and you know, go ahead since you brought the topic. You should explain more. Yeah, so I've been really thinking about relationships and connections within the industry, and and that all started with the uh, with the signing of this most recent game that I signed. Um, because, and I'm actually going to pull up what I wrote because I I had posted it on Facebook uh, and also Discord, so I'll just pull it up from Discord just because I thought this was really was really cool um, as just kind of like a thing. Um, that I, I saw in the, you know, in the world in general, but also in the industry. And so this is what I wrote. I'm just going to read it for simplicity's sake here. Today I, signed, today I signed a contract for a game because four years ago I went to a meeting where I didn't sell a game. I was invited to that meeting uh, because I co-designed a different game with another designer. I was asked to design that game because two years before that I had a different game published. I had that game published because my friend started a publishing company. I met that friend all because almost 11 years ago, I started a podcast, which I still do to this day, as you know, because you're listening. Um, and the chain to get this game signed started over a decade ago. The through line I see in this chain, and uh, honestly, my, all of my published games, um, is relationships. If there's anything I learned in two decades of different industries, it's that it always comes back to the relationships you have. Um, and so a little bit, so that's the topic is right. Is, is the relationships we forge within 
games and industries and friends and and how those relationships are so key. Um, and I think that right now the industry is growing, right? But the amount of designers is also growing. The amount of new designers is growing. And everyone is trying to get into the industry who's, you know, part of it, who's new. But then those of us who are, have been around for a while and, and we may have several games published, but we're not, you know, we're not the big fancy people of the world. We're not the Elizabeth Hargraves or the Eric Langs. And I mean, I know obviously Elizabeth doesn't have a ton of games out there, but like these, these are the people that are like sought after, right? We're not them. Um, and so like relationships are so, I mean, not that relationships aren't key for them. I do want to put that out there. Obviously they are. Right. Um, but I think that the relationships are what, you know, gets you in conversations and gets you opportunities, you know? Um, so I think I'll start if it's okay, but I would love to actually explain that story to as much as I can to signing this, this game that I signed last week. Yeah. Uh, is, is that cool? Let's, let's do it. Let's do yeah. it. Yeah. So, so I started the podcast, right? I was doing the podcast through the podcast. Uh, I met a guy named Mark Spector, uh, who you've probably heard of uh, a lot. I know you have, um, who was doing a convention called Grand Con. Uh, I interviewed him for the podcast to promote Grand Con. We became friends. Uh, he knew I was a designer and that I was trying to, trying to find a publisher to sign my first game by someone else. I put out Waterboom and Washout. Um, and he decided to start a publishing company. He left Grand Con, started a publishing company, the Grand Gamers Guild, and said, hey, I want to work with you on my, on, on my first game that I publish. Uh, I like you. I like the, the games you're designing. So um, show me your games. So I showed him my games. Uh, we, he picked on real estate, which wasn't called that at the time. Um, and then we started working on that. Uh, he ended up publishing it. And then uh, a few years after that, uh, Isaac Shalev was working a booth with Mark, uh, I think at UK Games Expo or something, somewhere in Europe or something like that. Uh, and he said, hey, I've got an idea in the world of Unreal Estate, and I'm, I think I might reach out to Jason. Would you possibly be interested in that? And he said, yeah, sure. So Isaac came to me and said, hey, I've got this idea that reminds me of Unreal Estate, but is different. Um, would you want to work on it? Sure. So we started working on that. That game became Fairy Village, which we showed to some different people, ended up finding its home uh, right back with Grand Gamers Guild, which is now Tier and Nog, uh, which will be on Kickstarter on the 28th of this very month. Um, not Kickstarter. So to be on GameFound uh, this month, March 28th, uh, you can get a link through Grand Gamers Guild. You should do that, please. Cool. Um, and while we were pitching that game around, um, Isaac said, hey, come to me with my pitch meeting. Come to all my pitch meetings with me at Gen Con. We got this game. We're showing people together. Bring some of your own games, and I'll just help you get pitches with them. Uh, and I was like, okay. So I got to watch Isaac pitch. I got to learn a lot about how he pitches, how he forms relationships with people. Um, and, and the fact that he could just be like, hey. This is my friend Jason. You don't know him. We worked in this game, but he's got some other games I'd he'd like to show you. Like, and they just let me, right? Um, and the one person, uh, one of the people, I showed them a game, and they said, "Oh, this game is cool. I don't have a thing for it." Um, and then that person later um, was uh, had reached out to some people in general and said, "Hey, I'm looking for a game that, that fits this bill." And I said, "Hey," I sent him a message. Hey, I have this game. 
and they said, didn't you show me this game before? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I did. And they were like, I loved this game, uh, but it didn't fit, if I recall. Um, could it fit this new thing I'm working on? And I was like, I think it could. And then we went back and forth for about a month and a half. Uh, and then they ended up signing the game, right? And so all of that, that opportunity only showed up because of several other relationships that I made over the years, right? And that to me yeah. was just like, like I know that relationships matter in this industry, but dang, like, <laughs> you know, like looking back to that, what feels like, you know, random things or somebody could have been like, oh, you pitched, you pitched games to these like six different people at Gen Con one year. What a waste of time. Nobody bought them. Right. But those relationships stuck. And I've gotten other opportunities out of that as well. But this was the one that was really just kind of hit home for me. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. 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 I um, mean, it, it, and, and one thing, you know, that's that's obviously a, a great story that you can make those those relationships and just kind of connect the dots, kind of how this, mm -hmm. this course of events led to you signing this game, which is awesome. I mean, I have, you know, let's say a similar story. Um, you know, uh, uh, when I, I've, I've been designing for five years and one of the first things uh, that I kind of did that was pretty awesome was uh, I put one of my games, the Sheep Sheep Rescue game that turned out, turned into the Flick or Treat game uh, into the how about design contest that that year and, right. and won yep, that I remember contest. That. And the person that was kind of heading that contest and was kind of the one of their main, I guess, uh, uh, developers for Hava USA was Bobby West. Um, and Bobby is, you know, he's a, a really cool guy. He has a couple of games uh, published, and now he actually just uh, got a position with John Gilmore and Daryl Andrews. Uh, what, do you know the company off the top of your head? Uh, Maestro. Maestro, Maestro Media. Media. Yeah. Um, so, so uh, you know, I kind of, you know, obviously having that being uh, first place on that contest, I went some back and forth with Bobby about the how about design contest. And then the next one, I also, I also put in a, a different game. And we just kind of kept that, you know, talk every time we uh we kind of saw each other we had a conversation sometimes we went to lunch or something and mm -hmm. and one thing that kind of uh clicked at one point you know i wasn't doing a lot of um co-designs and and you know he said you know we should work on something together sometime and and mm -hmm. when he said that you know i i you know i have this game it was the first game that i had ever designed timber tactics i had changed a couple things and uh and I, you know, we started working together. Um, and little did I know, Bobby had made a relationship with Alan Moon, designer of Ticket to Ride. Yeah. He, yeah. you know, he was local to Alan in, in New York. And I think he was uh, at a game. He was uh, working at a game store and Alan was there and something happened. And there's this, this story is here somewhere. Anyway, mm -hmm. he, he actually started co-designing with Alan Moon. Uh, and, and they had a game, uh, a couple games signed together and, and stuff like that. So obviously Alan Moon has the gathering of friends, which is that big, mm -hmm. uh, kind of convention or industry convention. Uh, and, and which, you know, be being friends with Bobby. And then of course he's friends with Alan Moon. And I was, that was the big connection that kind of got me invited mm -hmm. to the gathering of friends. And actually 
Bobby West now runs the Gathering of Friends. You know, Alan's kind of taking a step back and just kind of enjoying the thing, and, and Bobby's kind of running it now because right, this right. thing has been around for 30 years, and uh, and it's you know should go on you know without Alan. You know, obviously he's still very involved, but right. No, um, but I I see what you mean though. Yeah, he wants it to keep keep on going. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that that little, you know, just because I, you know, took a leap and got the paid $5 to get this uh, bag of components to design this game for this contest, and I then won and I made mm -hmm. this uh, relationship with the person that was ahead of the contest. And, and now, you know, I was invited to this cool uh, convention that I've had, you know, a lot of more relationships come out of come out of that, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, and I can just you know, we can just be here all, all night talking about every right. single game that we've signed and what relationships we had that led to that, you know, and, and not, I wouldn't say all of them, but one thing that I really wanted to talk about with this relationship uh, topic is that, and you mentioned it, you know, as a new person where, you know, obviously you don't have any relationships, it's obviously a little harder now to to kind of you know break into the industry it is. it is um and 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 we you know you had mentioned and there's some publishers saying these days that we're only working with designers that we've worked with in the past right right um and that's you know that's really damaging i think in a sense you know to the industry because that just makes it so anybody that can have anything unique because i believe that there's there's a lot of games out there that nobody has seen that that have a lot of potential or you know that's just the truth obviously and again statistically it, it makes you know sense there's there's thousands of unpublished designers and there's definitely gems in there also you know it, it's it's the safe play it is the safe play for publishers because you know working with people that know what they're doing They've proven that they can do a, a great game, and sometimes their maybe their next games are are still great, some good, and you know mm -hmm. sometimes bad as well. But there's some consistency in caliber, right? Um, and you know sometimes they're also running a business. There's that part, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. They they just don't want to take a risk on somebody's uh, game. And of course, it is interesting because honestly, I'm just gonna be straight here. It, it seems, um, um, oh my goodness, the words escaping me here. Uh, I'm thinking in Spanish now. Oh, shoot. Uh, well, you know when when you're not you're just not doing your job as a publisher, mm -hmm. uh, or even as a developer or somebody that's looking for talent or you know for a good game, you're you're just not doing your job. Well. Uh, it's it's odd to say like we don't want to take a risk right with a new designer like that isn't that doesn't track because if you're doing your job like you're saying right exactly. as a developer and stuff it doesn't matter unless that is a designer that is specifically going to sell games because of their name which is mm -hmm. is a handful of people like literally is a handful of people outside of our industry to where a name means anything on that box right um i mean heck IPs sell way more games to people outside of the industry than names do any day because you you're buying that game for the IP, which is funny because it might suck, right? Because you don't know if that designer is any good or that the publisher did a good job. 
I mean, yeah. of course. So yeah, I agree with you. I think, I think there are reasons why people, why publishers might want to just work with people they've worked with before. And I understand those reasons. But if the reason is we don't want to take a chance on a new designer, that's that's a crap reason. Like that's not a real reason. Yeah, yeah and, and it's not. And it's not. I mean, I've I've worked with publishers as well that that uh, you know have you know signed games that they don't do anything kind of development wise, and it feels like well, you know, I did my part. What where's yours? And and then mm-hmm. if the game doesn't do well or something happens, then whose whose fault is it right. at that point? Right. You know, obviously. The publisher is the one that kind of takes the brother of it, and which they should. You know, there's that whole. There's a reason. There's a reason right. why right. our royalties are, you know, I don't know, so, five to ten percent or whatever. You it, know, small compared to the publisher, right? And there's also publishers too, where and I don't, I don't know if I should say the name of the publisher. I'm thinking I'll never work with them, but um, there's a specific publisher I can think of, and I know you know who they are who love to make games and put them out there and then just forgot that they just forget that they made the game. Like it makes a huge splash uh, for one convention, uh, maybe a couple, and then it just disappears and they just stop pursuing it because they are looking for the big splash, right? They're not looking for those evergreen titles that are going to keep selling for them. Like you see some of the smaller companies doing where they're clearly trying to make games that are going to sell for a while. Right. Um, Yeah, and, and again, uh, it's, well, um, I'm not trying to be all publisher bashing here either. I mean, like they got to keep <laughs> the doors either, open, and I get it. Like, um, and I don't begrudge that, but it is too bad to to hear some larger publishers say, and and I'm not going to name the specific publishers because I don't want to misquote them, um, you know. But if you look on Facebook and publisher groups, you will find this information. Right? It's not. Yeah. It's readily available. Um, yeah, but I don't want to. I don't want to speak out of turn and, and say the wrong thing about it. No, um, that's fine. Again, we're, our our topic is about relationships, so we're just kind of. I just kind of, you know, devil devil's advocate here. That right. you know, relationships are a good thing, you know, for the people that have them. Um, but then, uh, how do you get them right? And mm-hmm. that's kind of, you know, for me, and and this is kind of hard to to say in a sense, but you know. Uh, uh, for me, you know, I, I think I, I'm, I'm, I'm a big extrovert and, and I, I like to, you know, make friends and I'm, uh, hopefully I'm, I, I, I always approachable and welcoming to anybody that mm-hmm. just walks by the table. If, if we're still learning how to play, I invite people to the table to mm-hmm. play and I don't care who they are. You know, they're obviously there because they're interested in board games. I am too. So, right, right. right. From from our perspective as people that that have those relationships, and mm-hmm. you know Isaac did that for you, right? Mm-hmm. You know he had more uh, some relationships that you didn't have, and he opened that door for you to to be able to get that relationship that lead, led to this uh, you know uh, uh, IP game getting signed. And it was a big deal just in general. Like it opened doors for me and had me meet with people, and a lot of the things didn't work out, but it created connections that I did not have before. And like, that really is like, that is like priceless when it comes to building relationships with people. Yeah. And, and what I'm going for here is that you doesn't matter, you know, how you are, you know, if you're shy or introvert, just try to put yourself out there a little more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and whatever that means, even if it's, you know, playing with strangers, playing games with strangers or, 
or just like if you know that there's a designer, for example, you know, Jason, you know, you know, Jason from the podcast. And and that's, you know, obviously a relationship that we've made that, you know, mm-hmm. I approached you and, you know, I think I had won like a naming Trump, the Trump suit contest. Remember? Yeah, yeah, the name, yeah. The name for the Trump suit. Uh, and I, I think I got like second place or something on that. And, and I, you know, I kind of approached you on uh, that on pub eight and, and we just started talking and we had dinner. I think you invited me for dinner or something like that. And I was like, yeah, that's awesome. So you opened that door, but, uh, at the same time, you can be that person that, Hey, you know, you, you have any plans kind of thing. And, and, mm-hmm. and just kind of put yourself out there. You know, the worst thing that can happen is no, I've got plans at the, you know, maybe next time. Um, right. And it's not really about being opportunist either, right? You're kind of, nope. you know, trying to get something out of it. You're just trying to make a, a, a you know, a relationship with somebody that you can right. hang out with at the very least, you know, try, trying to make a friend and everybody needs a friend. And I mean, um, the relationships working, you want to make genuine relationships with people. Yes. They, you know, I'm in no way advocating for you to make relationships with people because mm-hmm. they're going to get you something right. Yep. Like the relationships go both ways. I mean, I, you know, if you're an introvert, right. And you're afraid to go to a big convention and, and introduce yourself to people. And I get that I'll do it. I force myself to do it, but I hate it. I, I do not, I am out of my comfort zone. It is awful. I don't like it. Um, but what you can do is, and I know I plug this all the time. You can join a discord like ours. You can come to weekly meetups where, you know, um, in the last weekly meetup, um, one of our newer members, Steve, uh, who's a newer game designer was like, Hey, I have some- Steve. Yeah. He was like, Hey, I have some questions about prototyping. And, uh, and we spent like 10 minutes just with all of us, like geeking out about prototyping ideas for him. Like, Oh, you should look at this and this and this, and like, this works really well. And it felt like we all learned something from the other people. Like somebody's like, Oh, you, you know, I do this. And I'm like, Oh, I don't do that. I like, like, that's a great idea, you know? And and I said, when we were done talking about it, I said, I love talking about this because I always find some new hack that someone is doing that I never thought of. And like, I mean, I'm good at prototyping. Like I have a lot of tools that make it easy for me to prototype. I have a system and still consistently, I learn about new things that other people are doing that I'm like, oh my gosh, this is great. Like I, I need to work this into my, you know, my prototyping routine for how I do it. Um, so... And- so yeah, right, and that yeah, happened. But... <laughs> a group of people wants to help each other, right? Is what I'm saying. Like, yeah, yeah, and and it's and it's a great one, you know. Obviously, this is this this is kind of like a, a a pitch for the uh, for the uh, Discord, but you know, join the Discord because you know, obviously, there's a lot of cool people in there, and you you can make some connections in the sense of connect with people, mm-hmm. and and then when you all go to Unpub. You know, you'll get together and, and, you know, make those relationships real in a sense. It's not yep, that obviously, yep. you know, online is not real or anything, but you know, you know, you know what I mean? Kind of that, that those people that you've been talking to, you know, putting a, a face to a name is always nice mm-hmm. and, and just getting together around the table because that's what, you know, board games are, are, are for and socializing. Um, so you know, that's, that's a, that's a good resource right there. Right. Uh, at least on, in, on this industry. So, and I do want to point out real quick too the idea of like, okay, um, you know, how would you know if somebody just joined joined the Discord to just to take advantage, right? I'll tell you how. Uh, and if any of these people are listening, hey, I'm sorry, but I, I hope you learned a lesson. 
like people who came in and just tried to promote stuff immediately, they got crickets. I posted that my daughter opened an Etsy store. I had three customers within like two days, like, because people were like, Oh, that's super cool. I want to support that. You know, somebody posts like, Oh, I've got this thing coming up. Can you help me with it? Everybody jumps on it, wants to help. But when, but when somebody's coming in there and they're clearly just being opportunistic, like, or, or I don't even want to put that on, like, they're clearly not there to forge relationship. First and foremost, they're there to, to plug the thing they're doing. Mm -hmm. Nobody buys it. Like nobody cares. They just ignore it. Right. Um, and, uh, like that was, you know, like some people had said to me, like, should you say something when somebody comes in? And I'm like, no, because it self manages because no one responds to it. Like, right. You know? So, I mean, people can tell if you're not being genuine, I have had some friendships in this industry where it has felt incredibly transactional with the other person from their perspective, like where I'm like, they need this thing. And they clearly are trying to, you know, like, like, uh, work with me on this because they need this thing or, you know, like, or like a publisher that would come to you and say, Hey, can I, can you put these people on the podcast? And then I do. And then like, I want to show the publisher a game and then they like ghost me. Right. Like instead of even bothering to say, no, I'm not interested. Um, like that kind of stuff says like, okay, so, all right. So that was not a real relationship we had. That was you using me to get what you wanted and that's fine. Um, but now I know the next time you need something, I'm going to ask myself if you're the person I want to help or not, or if I want to prioritize it. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, um, one thing that uh you know i'm also not trying to be super negative for the record i'm really not (laughs) no again we we also don't want to be super positive because there's two sides to this coin right 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 um you know uh uh there there's definitely there's something to say about relationships that you know you thought were you know we're going in one direction and then turned out to go the, the the other direction uh which is fine again that's just that's just relationships in general not even in our industry you know you think you have a friend and then you know it doesn't mean it nothing happens that com- comes out of that right um, right now it, it is interesting um especially when you're you know as a new uh designer that you're trying to pitch games and you're you're you know trying to pitch the publisher you reach out through email and they don't respond um, and, and one thing that's happening now, and I know there's been some conversation about this is, is the fact that with the pandemic kind of, you know, holding things out for a year or so people, you know, publishers are filled out, you know, under, under game lines for mm-hmm. up to 2024, sometimes even 2025 and then yeah, yeah. accepting submissions in a sense. Uh, but you know, one of the best opportunities in the sense that I'm talking about opportunity is is these days now that we're getting back into conventions is is doing these things physically mm-hmm. because people are so burnt out on having to check emails and play testing games through TTS and and just trying to you know understand how a game works through rules but you know if you approach somebody on a booth of course they're trying to sell games and stuff like that but you never know until you try you know hey uh are you looking for for any games? You know, mm-hmm. do you have some time later? That's always a, a good thing to do, and and see, you know, show yourself as somebody approachable and understanding when you know when they don't have time. You know, 
at the very least, show your face. So there's not a relationship there, but at least they've met you. Uh, and, and you know, they next time you see them, you know, they may remember that and, and, and say, I remember this guy, you know, he was very gracious when I said, oh, I'm just tired and I'm going to go to have dinner. And, you know, they said, I understand, you know, little things like that. Just be a good person and good things, you know, come your way. That's just a, that's just a fact of life there, you know. Um, and you know, obviously negative things happen as well. You know, uh, yeah. you can be a good person and, and people take advantage of that. You've, you've talked about that, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So discernment, discernment is a, is the word there kind of, you, you should kind of feel what, what exactly are, you know, people's intentions on different things. And uh, as long as you're true to what your intentions are and those intentions are, are good for the, for whatever that relationship you, you want it to be, then, then, Hey, that's what matters at that point. Well, that's a, I think that was a good discussion on, on relationships. Yeah, yeah. We, we actually, we talked about that a lot longer than I thought we did. That was, you know, I mean, I, I think just kind of the end cap is, yeah, you, you want to have positive relationships with, with people um, in your life, but also in this industry, um, you know, and you're going to get out of it what you put into it as long as you're dealing with the right, as long as you're using discernment and dealing with the correct people. Right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so, you know, I think that I, I can't say enough for how important it is to introduce yourself to people and to try to get to know people and, and I get that it's hard for some of us. I get that we can't all go to conventions, but that's where the things like the Discord groups, and it doesn't have to be building the games. There are plenty of other out there. There's playtesting groups you can be a part of. But find a group of people that you can help and that also want to help you um, because it's super duper good. Like, it, it's, it's, I don't know how better, way, it's just, words, words, it just matters so much that you get, that you form real relationships with people um they will be there to celebrate your wins they'll be there to support your losses and you can do the same for them and you know and i, I also think too just as a side note one way to protect yourself against the jealousy that can creep in when you're mm -hmm. like oh you know julio that jerk signed another game you're like is is by having relationships with people because you shouldn't be jealous of people that you're friends with, right? Like when I, 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 when you succeed, I feel like we succeeded, right? Like, because like somebody else that we know succeeded and is doing it and that's awesome. And that kind of, you know, bulletproofs you against those type of feelings that can be easy to have when you're, you know, in an industry where you're seeing a lot of other people succeed and you feel like you're not right. And also yeah. it'll help protect you against imposter syndrome a bit by having those people support you and being able to support people back and realizing that you have a lot to give to people as well. So yeah, that's my spiel. Nice. Awesome. So are we pitching a game? Oh gosh. Yeah. Do you want to pitch a game? Uh, yeah. I don't have a game to pitch right now. Yeah, uh, let's do it. Technically, too. Technically, I pitched the game last time, which doesn't happen you, very often, surprisingly. Yeah, I did. Well, I mean, you asked for it. It's not I like did. I it's wasn't true. ready. Um, no, well, I I did want to pitch a game. So this is something that I've ha I haven't even put on the table. I haven't designed. I just had the idea a couple of days ago, mm -hmm. um, and and it came. You know, it's 
obviously there's always a conversation, you know, mechanics, theme, whatever. Mm-hmm. But this one is one of those that I've mentioned in the past. And it's always funny that, you know, how they kind of come up. But this one came name first. Ah, that's my, that is one of my favorite ways to design yes. game. Name first. Name <laughs> so, first, mechanics first, name first. <laughs> name first. So this spawned from, you know, a, a relationship of ideas here, connections of ideas that uh, I had. Because, you know, as, as you all may know, I live in Asheville, North Carolina. And Asheville, North Carolina has recently had a boom in the real estate market. So, like, if you bought a house, I bought a house in 2019, and I'm glad I did because these days I couldn't afford my house. Yeah, same here. Same here. <laughs> so, so uh, there's definitely a couple of things that affect the value of a home. Um, and one thing that people say a lot when it comes to real estate is location, location, location. Um, Mm -hmm. and that, that's the name of the game. Um, and essentially it is, uh, you know, kind of like a real estate game, uh, uh, a bidding, uh, game in which, uh, I, I think I had it as 10 rounds, Mm -hmm. uh, each, you know, each of these rounds is a a couple of years kind of thing. And each bid is a year essentially, but what you're doing is you're revealing a card that has a value and these all these cards are properties um and they have a value and then an income that you can get if you get it so you're essentially uh, i call it a a bidding engine building game um and essentially you know you see what this card is how much it costs and how much it's going to get you you know by every turn that passes Mm -hmm. by engine Mm -hmm. building money wise uh, but there's three face down cards and location, mm-hmm. location, location. Ah, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> That's nice. Well done. So, so the first one, I, I think I had it like from one K to five K second one is five K to 50 K and third one is 50 K to uh 500 K mm-hmm. and essentially these things can either be positive or negative. Okay. Uh, and they would change the value of the property as it is revealed. Uh-huh, of course, uh-huh. it will not be revealed until the bids go up to that point. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so, so essentially, you know, the more people bid, the more information is revealed. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of has, I guess, in, in a sense, a, a push your luck thing as well. Um, so it has a couple right. of little things there, but you know, you're, you're, trying to get properties that you're going to be earning a lot of uh, income from. And then even mm-hmm. if you get properties with negative uh, things attached to their locations, you can mm-hmm. uh, try to fix that by paying money and of course selling those properties. And, and, and of course at the end, whoever has the most money wins as of now, but I thought it was kind of like a, a interesting mechanism there of, uh, you know, pushing your luck in this bidding mechanism with, with this three location, cards that are attached to your real estate so so the three location cards uh, that sounds fantastic i just be a quick question when you first said it i thought you were buying different locations to put your property but no it's like three modifiers is that correct yeah so, yeah essentially, essentially so the, the, the property that you're buying you know what the property is but location 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 really has to do with with a modifier to that property so essentially you bought this property and the the one to five k says 
oh, this property, um, you know, their neighbors are not very clean. Right, uh, right. And, and then the next one, oh, it, it has a nice mountain view. And that's, you know, right, the 5K right. to, to 50K. Or like it's water from property or something, right? Yeah, little little things like that. You know that sometimes people don't know until they buy after they buy the house. Oh, okay, okay. So I see. So yeah, yeah. It could turn out that like, oh, like a condo association is building next door, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I get you. Yeah. Yeah. So so that you know things that you know of course the longer the the bid takes the more information we reveal. But if uh, if at one point, you know, somebody says, oh, that's really negative. I don't want to bid anymore. And then you take all the cards and there may still be face down cards. Mm -hmm. And then only, you know, if that's really positive or negative. So, right. Uh, right obviously right. There, there's still some, you know, I haven't tested anything. Uh, as you all may know, my design thing is kind of like, okay, let's work this design up to a point where I think could work mm -hmm. and then let's make it. Um, so I, I'm still at that stage, but it's, it was really exciting. Obviously, you know, you came with her name and it makes sense and it's a, a funny association. So that's, uh, it's exciting. Yeah. I, I would be super into that. That, I mean, that is, sounds immediately like a game that's right up my alley. Like I'm like, I want to play that game now. Like, you know what I mean? So <laughs> well, I, I'm going to need you to design that one, man, so that we can, uh, we can do that. That'd be great. I will. I will again. Uh, once I get it to that point and I kind of have all these little things kind of working on the side, I want to make sure that because again, I, if if I'm not meeting, man, I, I which is funny because the Asheville group, the Game Designs of North Carolina and Asheville, it's it's booming right now. They're getting like ten to fifteen people every meeting because we're meeting at a at a um, board game cafe. Um, and, and they're really supporting us in the sense they're kind of advertising our meetings and stuff like that. And we're getting a lot of people that are interested in design and, and bringing their designs. But we're also bringing a lot of people that just want to play test games, uh, which, you know, feedback-wise, as a, as a designer, you can definitely gauge a lot of good feedback just from watching people play, play games. Mm -hmm. So so it's something that, I'm man, I'm like, okay, once things kind of, you know, settle down with the kids and we can figure something out, you know, I'll, I'll start getting going more regularly. One thing I didn't say is that I went to Tantrum Con um, mm -hmm. uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, and that was in North Cal in Charlotte, North Carolina. And, you know, I was able to showcase one of my newest games, which I also didn't talk about, uh, Freehand from Indie Boards and Cards. Yes, um, yes. And, and, you know, that game is kind of, it's coming together. You know, I already showed uh, the cover looking pretty sweet. So, you know, I, it's the kind of game that you, they want us, they, they're looking to get it to a $25 price point, uh, mm -hmm. you know, two to seven players, three to seven players kind of thing. And, you know, so hopefully we'll, you know, we'll see what happens there, but I'll keep you all updated on that. So, um, yes, that's kind of. Congrats location, location, location. Yeah, I uh, like I said, I am one hundred percent in on that game. I want to play it. So, make it, sell it, do something so that I can uh, check it out. I will. I will. Sounds great. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. Well, hey, listeners, I hope you enjoyed this excellent conversation we had. You probably did because it was really good. Um, but yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope you'll reach out to us, uh, especially via our 
super awesome discord and uh and come hang out with us and uh and form some relationships uh but uh we do say that if you want to get in touch with us you can of course go to buildinggamepodcast.com there you can find a link to our discord you can email us buildinggamepodcast at gmail.com which you probably won't because nobody does uh you can find us on the twitter at podcastbtg at jaslingerland at who nasaru or you can just keep coming back every single week and listening in and until next time good night Buenas noches. Building the game, building the game with Jason and friends, with Jason and friends. Building the game, building the game with Jason and friends, with Jason and friends. The end of the episode, that's when it technically ends.